Once upon a time, there was a shepherd who had a hundred sheep, a woman who had ten coins, and a father who had two sons. Get yourself a coffee, your Bible, and gather around. It's story time with Jesus. Hey friends, welcome to Sipping on the Sabbath. I'm Father Alan McDonald. If you're new to this podcast, you are most welcome. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to share this. Send me a comment. I'd like to hear from you. If you have any particular prayer requests, I could add to my list. Uh, first of all, a shout out to my companion of the cross, the brother priest, Father John Licazar, who made me, if you can see this, this beautiful pen. It's one of the hobbies he has. And actually what this is, if you can see that closely enough, those of you who are listening on the audio podcast, I'll have to describe it for you. It actually is coffee beans, real coffee beans, embedded into this enamel that forms the shaft of the pen. And Father John has uh, lathed it, carved it to, to fit it accordingly. So that's beautiful. This is now my official sipping on the Sabbath pen. I can just sign things and there you go, like the newscasters of old. Okay, anyway, there we go. So thanks, Father John, uh, for that. It might seem a little bit odd that we have this long gospel today, Luke's gospel, chapter 15, the three uh, parables at this time of the year, because we often associate it with the season of Lent. But I think the church in their wisdom is offering it to us today, particularly as we try to get back into a routine at the beginning here of September. My mother would always say that when school started to come closer, you know, the first day of school, back from summer vacation, she'd always say, well, it's good for us to get back into a routine. So I think the church in her wisdom is offering us this opportunity to maybe shake off some of the, the cobwebs of, of summertime and really make an examination of our life, try to get back on a track, see where are we at uh, with the Lord, with ourselves, with each other. You know, have I kind of maybe gotten a little bit, little kind of loosey a little bit, you know, <laughs> in my life, whatever is going on, right? And it's not to, to shame us or to embarrass us or to make us feel bad, but it is an opportunity for us just to rejoice in the incredible gift of the Lord's mercy in each of our lives. And these stories that Jesus is telling us, these parables that are really packed full of important lessons, they're, they're not fiction. They're not make-believe. They're not, you know, fancy stories about things that are, you know, far-fetched in our imagination, but they're based on the truth. They are non- fiction, which is kind of a weird way of describing something that's true. It's non-fiction. It's not made up. It's truth. They're based on the truth of who God is and the relationship that we can indeed have with him. And they give us hope. And if we are ever in a time where we need hope, it is now. Not hope, like hope, you know, I get this. Hope I win the lottery. Hope I don't, whatever. It's this virtue of hope that gives us this solid confidence in our Father's love for us, the destiny that is ours and hope has a name and his name is Jesus. And it reminds us that the spiritual life, it's not a theory. 
It is based on reality, it's based on truth, and it needs to be lived. It is a program of action. And we see in our readings today that we do serve a God of action, a God who lives his life according to certain verbs. And there are three particular verbs that the Lord undertakes or participates in, actions that the Lord does vis-a-vis us and we can do in relation to him and to others. And the three verbs are that the Lord searches, the Lord looks, and the Lord welcomes. So he searches, he looks, and he welcomes. First of all, the Lord searches. And I have found my cup of coffee. Praise God for that. The Lord searches. When we move away from God, we actually end up moving closer to something else or someone else. In our first reading today from Exodus, the Lord is speaking to Moses and he says to Moses about the people that they have created this golden calf, this false idol, and they are worshiping it. They are sacrificing to it. And so they have, in their impatience, in their complaining mood and attitude, in their self-pity, they have created for themselves their own false god. We don't necessarily have to move away geographically, but we can, like the people in the first reading today, the Israelites in the wilderness, they moved away from the Lord emotionally and spiritually. But the Lord never gives up on searching for us. And we see in the gospel today, particularly the story of the the prodigal son and the elder son and the father, the father welcomes back both sons. One who left geographically, but then the gospel says he comes to his senses and he returns. And the other, the elder son, who stayed geographically, but he left emotionally, even left spiritually. And the father goes out to him to call him into the house, to call him to himself. So the Lord is always searching for us. Do I understand that? Do I appreciate that? That there is nowhere I can go where the Lord is going to give up on me. He's always searching to call me back to himself. And the Lord is looking. He's looking for our return. And as soon as we begin to feel contrition and make even an initial move back to God, he sees that and he is more than capable of meeting us halfway. In fact, like the father in the story of the prodigal son, he is not so proud, so self-conscious as to not run to us, make a fool of himself, as it were, in coming to us. The Lord searches, the Lord looks. You see this initial conversion in the life of the younger son. The gospel says he comes to his senses. He says, I will get up and I will go to my father. And as he's going, journeying towards the father's house, the father who has been sitting on the porch, as it were, looking for him, sees him from a distance. And the gospel says he runs to him, throws his arms around him, embraces him, kisses him, welcomes him back. 
There's a lot of verbs in that one sentence, that description of what the father does for and with his son. Just so happy to have him back in his arms, back in his presence. And that's the same attitude that the Lord has with us. He is just so happy, so grateful, so overcome with joy that again, he is just, just welcoming us back. So if any of us are living under any layers of, of shame or embarrassment about whatever could have, would have, should have happened in the past, we just pray the Lord would just break through all of that and just help us experience being ourselves, the, the prodigal daughter, the prodigal son, who was welcomed back by the Lord. But the Father also wants to welcome in a deeper, more profound way his elder son, who although never left geographically, has left emotionally, has left spiritually. So no matter where we are at, no matter who we identify with in the gospel, whichever son, know that we are being searched for, that the Lord is looking for us, looking on the horizon, waiting for us to come back to him. That's the father that you and I serve. The spiritual life, again, is not a theory. It is meant to be lived out and it is based on a relationship of action because we serve a God of action, a God who lives out these verbs, these, these action words of looking and searching and, and welcoming. And God our Heavenly Father invites us to be fellow lookers. As he's looking for us to return to him, are we looking, are we seeing others in our life, members of our families, friends, co-workers, fellow students, neighbors, who themselves, again, without making a judgment as to the exact nature or state of their soul, but seem to be far from the Lord. The Lord is looking for them. Are we ourselves willing to be like Moses? Again, going back to the first reading we had from Exodus, who, as it were, stands in the gap, who intercedes. Moses intercedes with the Lord. No, Lord, be patient, be kind, be merciful, be just. We know that's who you are, Jesus. We know that's who you are, Father. We know that's what you are living out, uh, Holy Spirit, and imbue us with those spiritual virtues and have mercy on your people. Have mercy on us, O Lord. And what does the first reading say to us today? The Lord changed his mind. Great minds change their minds. Someone once said that to me. I just throw that out for our uh, consideration here. So we serve a God of action. Spiritual life is a program of action. God is looking, God is searching, and God finally is welcoming us back. This powerful testimony of St. Paul in the second reading today from 1 Timothy he says, I was once a blasphemer, I was a persecutor, I was a man of violence, but I received mercy. A pure gift. If it was based purely on justice, holy Moses. But it's mercy, the mercy that the Lord offers to us. And if God is willing to overlook our past, to forgive, to forget, to welcome us back, why can't we? Why do I have a hard time forgiving myself? Why do I have a hard time accepting the fact that I am a human being, that I'm going to make mistakes? Doesn't mean that I am a mistake. Now, in the spiritual life, guilt can be our friend. You know, it, it pricks our conscience. It 
brings us to the place of awareness that, yeah, I have done something wrong, but I don't want to live in shame, which is, I believe I am something wrong. I want to renounce that, live in the truth, again, of who we are, our identity. And God, our Heavenly Father, tells us who we are. I was talking to a friend of mine recently, and he was sharing, you know, what he's trying to, how he's trying to cooperate with the Lord in the spiritual life. And he asks himself a question, and it motivated me to ask myself the same question, am I willing to give up hope of a better past? Am I willing to give up hope of a better past? so that I can live in the beauty of right now and the expectancy of the spiritual life in the future? Am I willing to give up the hope of a better past? We come before the Lord, we surrender ourselves to him, we admit the fact that, yeah, no, yeah we've, we've, we've screwed up a few times in our life, maybe multiple times in a day, but the Lord, again, is just so overwhelmingly concerned with us that he's always willing to welcome us back. There's nothing that we can do to make us love, make God love us more. Nothing we can do to make him love us less. Just allow ourselves to fall into the arms of our Heavenly Father who loves us and just wants to minister to us. The Gospel says that all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. All the tax collectors, not some, all of them. Now, was that 10, 20, 100, 1,000? I don't know. But they were all there. And so we're there with them. We're in a very crowded and very interesting crowd of people. And these parables, these stories of Jesus, they defy human logic. Maybe we're having a hard time accepting this truth. And the truths that the stories, the parables of Jesus teach us because of our own lived experience. Maybe we have not been readily forgiven. Maybe we are in a situation where we feel we're being looked down upon or second-guessed all the time or evaluated or watched, whatever that is. But we just pray to the Lord, but just again, just give us the grace we need to just let all that go. If there's somebody in our life that is causing us to be resentful, we just pray the Lord bless them in the same way today that we want to be blessed. And I, I can assure you, if we pray that prayer every day for two weeks, 14 days, by the end of the 14 days, we're able to just let that go. Let that resentment go and live in a more profound, uh, deeper experience of the Lord's mercy. Parables defy human logic. They're not fiction. They're non-fiction. That is, they are based on truth. And the stories of Jesus, they always end ha happily ever after. Not because the Lord is some superhero that comes in with his cape and saves the day. But the reality is that he is a humble servant. The Lord is a humble servant who gave up his life to save us. Elsewhere in Luke's gospel, it says the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's me, and I pray you have the grace to accept the fact that that is you as well. 
He has come to seek and to save the lost. Thanks be to God. So what are some of the takeaways that we can take away from today? It's like the drive-through coffee shop here, drive-through spirituality shop here. Take away and just allow again, you know, these these seeds. And maybe the Lord is just again, he's like this sower, right? Maybe just casting out seeds. Maybe we just feel like a seed of something has been sown in our heart and it's embedded there. And by God's grace, by his mercy, it just flourishes and grows. So again, no surprise for myself that I share with you, there are three, three takeaways from today. Salvation is a finding, but no one else is lost in the same way that I am lost or you are lost. And no one else is found in the same way that I'm found or you are found by the Lord. This speaks about the uniqueness of ourself, but also how the Lord is so intent on finding us. It's not a one size fits all. The Lord is quite capable of adjusting himself to find us, to, to seek us, to look for us, to, and to welcome us back to himself. So salvation is a finding. Secondly, if I ever question my value in the eyes of the Lord, just think about the party that the shepherd hosted, that the woman hosted when they found the, the lost sheep or the lost coin. And I certainly am, and you certainly are, more valuable than a sheep, uh, than a, a coin. The Lord's just, again, just, I, I, I got to keep saying this, that the Lord is just so incredibly in love with us and is calling us to himself. And more and more of our contemporaries will understand that and live in the freedom that he's offering to us in a life live, lived with him. And finally, we do not need to make a demand of the Lord, as the younger son did. Give me the share of the property that will come to me, but instead to live in the truth that the father speaks to the elder son and going out to him and inviting him into his own embrace. He said that all that I have is yours. God is deathless. You don't have to wait until God dies to inherit anything. God's not going to die. God is alive. And all that he is offering to us is ours right now. So let us pray. So Lord, we thank you for the gift of today. We thank you, Jesus, for the gift of each person watching this video or those who are listening to the audio podcast, Lord. Lord, you know what's going on in our life. You know where we are right now. And so, Lord Jesus, we, we thank you that you are searching for us. We thank you, Lord, that you are looking for us. We thank you, Jesus, that you have welcomed us back to yourself. We pray, Lord, for anyone ourselves, those whom we know, Lord, who are living under layers of, of shame, remorse, bitterness, resentment, frustration, anger, anything, Lord, that's keeping them apart from you, anything in our own life, Lord, that's keeping us apart from you. We want to experience, Lord, in a deeper, more profound way, the gift of the freedom that comes when we surrender ourselves to you. We accept you, Jesus, as the Lord and Savior of our life. Send forth your Holy Spirit right now, Jesus, 
into each of our hearts to stir us up, Lord. Stir us up with a continued increased fervor and faith and love to proclaim you, Jesus, in word and in action to others. We pray, Lord, for anyone carrying a very heavy burden, anyone away from you from confession in a long time, that you would, Lord, again, gently call them, call us, Jesus, back to yourself. And we just, again, Lord, thank you that the spiritual life is not a theory. The spiritual life is something to be lived out. And you show us, Lord, you show us how to live a life with and in and through you, Jesus. A life of true beauty and peace, even in the midst of trials, Lord, even in the midst of difficulties, disappointments, Lord, you are always with us. Help us to remember that, Lord Jesus. And Mother Mary and St. Joseph, please pray for us today. Amen. Okay, well, there you go. God bless you. A uh, little FYI, I am going to be on the road for a little bit here in the next little while, but don't worry. I'll be taking my camera and a light or two uh, with me. And so we're going to have some on the road episodes of Sipping on the Sabbath. So look forward to that starting next week. In the meantime, let's continue to pray for each other. Remember that when we're powerless, that's when we're strong, and victory is indeed gained through surrender. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.